after my twelfth, uh, uh, I wanted to do MBBS, and my parents also wanted to do MBBS. Uh, we had uh, uh, none in our family who was a doctor, and uh, that's why you know everybody said you should go for MBBS. Those were not the days of entrance, joint entrance examination. You have to apply for each college separately, and uh, I only applied to the Trivandrum Medical College, and I didn't get admission. So that uh, devastated uh, me. Uh, that's the first time something I try I didn't get through, and so I had to actually reinvent myself from that. And uh, so I said, now let me figure out what I need to do. So those were quite challenging years. Welcome to the season six of Outliers. I'm your host Pankaj Mishra, and I'm really thrilled to be bringing this edition of Outliers in collaboration with the Times of India. Outliers is a series of freewheeling conversations with the ones who choose to take the road not taken often. It's about the crazy and the curious, those who dare to stand out and stand alone. I'm really thrilled to be recording this conversation with uh, Chris Gopal Krishnan. Uh, most of you would know Chris uh, for uh, his time at Infosys, uh, one of the co-founders of Infosys, and also his contributions uh, for the industry at large. Uh, but for me, uh, you know why I think Chris is an outlier is is uh, is because of uh, some of the uh, bets he's been making over the past few years, uh, and especially after his Infosys stint. In the healthcare area, in 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 the aging, you know, solving some of the aging related problems, and uh, I have found Chris to be very very persistent. I have tracked some of the projects closely, and I have been fascinated. So I thought I should have this conversation to learn more about uh, the bets, uh, Chris, you are making and and why. So welcome to the podcast, Chris. Thank you, Pangaj, for having me. Of course, uh, we have also known each other for quite a long time, so it's. Uh, my pleasure to talk to you, Chris. Let's start from the start. Actually, uh, before we uh, get into the topics that I mentioned, it would be good to learn a little bit about you, Chris. Uh, you know, growing up or any particular learnings or events that you believe uh, shaped uh, who you are today. So I was born and uh, uh, brought up in uh, Trivandrum, Kerala. Uh, all through, I studied in uh, government um, uh, colleges, government schools, and uh, my life took multiple twists and turns. And it's one of the learnings, right? Uh, uh, life is never a straight line; it's not uh, always predictable, and uh, you need to uh, build resilience early on. Of course, I was. Not aware of that uh, at that point of time, and uh, you know it happened uh, uh, over time. Um, you know, I uh, after my twelfth, uh, uh, I wanted to do MBBS, and my parents also wanted to do MBBS. Uh, we had uh, uh, none in our family who was a doctor. And uh, that's why you know everybody said you should go for MBBS. Uh, those were not the days of uh, 
joint entrance examination you have to apply for each college uh, separately and uh, i only applied to the trivandrum medical college uh, because you know, never thought i would have to travel and things and that those things didn't come to mind at all hmm. and i didn't get admission so that uh, devastated uh, me uh, that's the first time something i try i didn't get through and so i had to actually reinvent myself from that point i didn't want to you know you could actually go through bsc and then go back and join mbbs but i said i'm not going to be junior to my classmates and and uh, so i said now let me figure out what i need to do so those were quite challenging um, years you know bsc physics uh, at university college um was not very clear the goals were not very clear uh, typically you know students who take bsc would probably take a banking job or become a teacher and things like that and i was not very clear that's what i wanted to do luckily uh, fortunately i did very well and, and and there is a reason why i hadn't get through for mbbs see after the discipline uh at uh, school mm-hmm. uh and and uh, uh, very um, you know uh, strict uh, discipline at home and things like that you know you did very well at um, 10th uh, but when i went to pre degree that's at, uh, the tw- the two years of uh, 11th and 12th it's a college and uh, suddenly you get uh, immense freedom you can attend whichever class you want to etc uh, and mm-hmm. and uh, knowing kerala every campus has got politics and so dabbled in politics and things like that you know college politics so that's where i lost out you know those two years um, so that's another uh, lesson i learned uh, you know that um, you know you need to be focused on your goals uh, you need to be resilient uh, so after bsc i got into iit madras and uh, from that point onwards you know the uh, the you know the path was uh, kind of uh, destined uh, in some sense to get into computers and uh, get into the industry what what a back story chris many people would have you know stories like this because uh, as i said you know life is never a straight line and people you know many people don't realize that and that's why you need to build resilience in yourself as an individual as an organization etc and that has actually helped me you know over my career and uh, when i was ceo and things like that right uh, you know so fast forward to 2007 2008 as soon as i took over as ceo the whole world turned upside down right yeah and uh, so resilience is what uh, uh, helped us recover and things like that so it's amazing chris uh, you know though these days there's so many playbooks available and uh, everybody is uh, giving you know sharing lessons and so on but back then when you're talking of resilience uh, anything in particular chris that helped you navigate all those changes before you landed at iit and anything in particular that stood out as a source of strength or anything you did in particular 
So I took BSc Physics, uh, which meant that I need to learn maths all over again uh, because mm-hmm. I had not taken maths during the eleventh uh, and twelfth. So I went to a tuition teacher, and and he is the person who rebuilt my confidence. So he said, you know, you know, it's not over. You know, you will find your path. You know, you work hard, you do well. And uh, there are many, many uh, different paths life can life can take, and you will find uh, a way. Uh, and and that's what uh, gave me uh, confidence um, uh, at that point of time. Uh, there is luck always. There is luck, right? Uh, uh, and there are other interesting aspects during that time. You know, one of the interesting things was after BSc, I again started applying to colleges i applied to iim ahmedabad which is supposed to be the number one hmm. management school right i went everywhere i will get through the entrance examination because i you know i was again a good student hmm. and uh, iim ahmedabad had a interview mm-hmm. i did terribly ter- bad in the interview <laughs> because i couldn't speak english very well oh right uh, uh, whereas iit madras just had an entrance examination no interview so i could get through to iit madras right so these are things which you know when you look back uh, you know you feel uh, you know it's uh, interesting you know life is uh, again um, you know not very predictable you know so if i had gone through i am ahmedabad probably the path you know path would have been very different if i had gone to mbbs i lost mbbs by two marks oh admission right uh, life would have been different right but uh, fortunately things fell in place you know uh, i was on the right side of luck and uh, and uh, you know no regrets so lessons learned you know our people have helped the clearly you know uh, we call him philip sir he is the person who did tuition for me and uh, he helped me you know rebuild my confidence of course i did very well in bsc because of him uh, chris let's now talk about uh, the first job and 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 how did that happen and, and what was it during my mtech computer science at iit madras uh, in the campus interview Uh, many companies had come including tatas and i got multiple offers including in tatas uh, but um, i felt that uh, you know joining a smaller company joining a company that is uh, uh, in the forefront of technology would probably be better for me and that's what i why i chose padmi computers i was employee number 10 there at that point you know they had just started etc and uh, they also were the distributors for data journal computers in india data journal had an operating system which was based on unix whereas okay. uh, you know uh, tatas were working on ibm or burroughs at that point uh, so i chose to join padmi computers in mumbai bombay in those days and that's where i met the other uh, uh, co-founders of infosys worked there for 2 years uh, through uh, july of um, 1981 well actually i w- worked through 
December of 1981 uh, because I was involved in a project and you know all of us decided that yes we will start in um, uh, July but we will um, quit our job only after finishing whatever we were supposed to finish I was doing the implementation of the um, you know computer system for um, managing the uh, furnace at uh, Rukila steel plant Okay. <laughs> so after um, finishing that project, handing it over, I came and joined uh, Patni Computer. Sorry, Infosys. Yeah, no, that says a lot. Uh, Chris, for the next few minutes, maybe five, ten minutes, if you could focus up a little bit on Infosys as a startup and tell me a few things through your lens. Uh, and, and that's all I want to know about Infosys because it's, it's a few decade journey and, and it's a long journey. But, you know, as a startup, what are few things that you remember the most that, that shaped what it became? Uh, just spend a few minutes. That would be nice to have. See, clearly, uh, it's a uh, you know, marathon. You know, uh, building something uh, takes a long period of time. And uh, our goal was to um, build something that we would be proud of. You know, we never... Uh, and I think... In those days, um, you know, the concept of unicorns, the concept of uh, a public limited company were not in our, uh, uh, you know, horizon or in our uh, uh, wish list. It was to create something that we would be uh, proud of, um, create something that would, um, uh, you know, be one of the best companies in that area. Um, in in, in a sense, we were at the right place at the right time because um, when we started, you know, 1981, that was the year IBM PC was introduced. Yes. And businesses uh, were uh, trying to automate business processes, um, use uh, computing for uh, uh, running the business, etc. And a lot of software had to be written. So our simple proposition was, why don't we leverage the talent that's available in India and since India is a lower cost economy, we can develop this at a cheaper price and sell it to companies around the world. That was a simple proposition. When we started, we uh, shipped uh, the software on tapes using courier and things like that. We worked with a product company uh, because uh, for product companies, you know, the next version would happen every six months or every year. So we, we can take our time to build it, test it, and then ship it through uh, tape. We will then go to the client site, install, implement, uh, maintain, etc. Uh, so that was the uh, model. You know, some things we were clear, as I said, there was, um, you know, this is a uh, you know, long journey. This will be a world-class company. The focus on quality was there from day one. Uh, we will strive hard to do everything legally, ethically. Uh, we will um, uh, be profitable from the first year because we had no choice. Uh, there was no venture funding available. We couldn't even get a bank loan in those days. And uh, that means we had to bootstrap the business and uh, reinvest the profits back into the business. For first 12 years, till 1993, when we did IPO in India, there was no savings, nothing. You know, everything was put back, and there was nothing to show 
that the company was successful you know we didn't have a car or a two wheeler you know we would share everything or a apartment or a house nothing rented apartment all that stuff so those were difficult days difficult times india was very different uh, but we were um, we were uh, happy that we were working with some of the best companies in the world our focus was uh, the apparel industry and we had developed an erp system for apparel industry and that's what we were installing in client locations and you know the brands like reebok jockey um you know in those days murjani you know these were some of the hager some of the best known names and we would work with those companies actually uh, federated which was a big uh, retail and apparel manufacturer mast industry so so many interesting uh, companies to work with so many interesting stories and things like that uh, it was good uh, the other thing is all of us um, you know um, stayed together in many cases uh, did all the things that we expected our employees to do you know write software run projects sell everything so it, you know i think it it was an experience i think most uh, startups today do 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 these things uh, and and we have done all that actually uh, so interesting uh, time it's it's a classical i would say classical uh, startup story uh, tough times uh, you have to build the business brick by brick because you no know, external funding and things like and 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 that's why it took long a time also probably just a final question to sign off on the infosys the journey for now chris if if you were to look back uh, at the infosys journey what does it take to build this whole built to last kind of thing how do you build something that kind of outlives you you know as an institution uh, in hindsight now you can look back it's clearly about uh, you know thinking long term putting the company first uh, before the individual uh, you know in every uh, decisions you know company comes uh, first um think about uh, you know the culture of um, uh, the company in terms of the values etc um look at something that is high quality build a brand you know these are the things that are very important when you think about uh, building an institution the other unique thing that we did was uh sharing wealth yeah uh, which we had to do because you know when um, uh we started growing you know from the ipo time 1993 onwards um india had opened up mm. and uh, most multinationals came back ibm came back oracle came oracle came into india uh and and uh, uh you know india starting to uh, be a b- uh, base for it industry software industry and uh, an indian entity would uh, uh, find very difficult to attract uh, good employees yeah so that's where we uh, launched the esop program where we said every employee will get uh, you know a share in the company uh and it was also partly result of our own uh, you know uh, philosophy mindset etc we were not doing it to become wealthy or anything like that we were 
doing these things because we felt we need to create a different company we need to create a, a company uh, that uh, demonstrates that uh, uh, you know you uh, murthy always used to say that uh, you know you need to first create wealth if you uh, want to share that wealth otherwise you will share poverty right yeah so th- those were the things we were we were using infosys to uh, make some statements and mm-hmm. i think that's what is needed if you think about uh, building an institution so well said and and that's why people talk about this great indian middle class uh, dream uh, when they when they talk about infosys those days you know there is luck also right uh, the economy opened up we could do uh, the ipo uh then uh, the y2k problem happened the um, the internet boom happened of course it burst also in 2001 uh, so uh, you know i think when you work hard uh, like like also favors you you know uh, there were other companies also which were started around the same time etc some survived but uh, i think we were able to capture significant mind share and significant value from uh, what was happening in india because we were focused on not just infosys we were focused on building an industry yes and i think that helped us you know people started saying you know let's do what infosys is doing let's learn and we were very open for others to learn from us world class meant world class in every aspect of the business including the physical campus so certain things we you know we were very clear about uh, you know what we were building and that helped us so that differentiated us from many other companies at that point after such a long career you know and then when you were starting to think about logging out and, and you know perhaps focus on things that you are doing now how was that transition grace how did you identify areas that you wanted to work on uh, you know the life after infosys uh, what was that transition you know first of all you need to remember that um, you know all of us had uh, again you know foolishly or rightly i don't know said that uh, we will uh, not involve family in the company and we will all step off yeah and uh, we said uh, at the age of 60 we will log out of infosys so 2014 mm-hmm. is when i became 60 years old and uh, i you know stepped down from infosys we had brought in a new ceo we had brought in a professional board and we said now infosys will be run independent of its founders and and uh, you know in my mind it was clear that of course you know i i needed to keep myself busy i would want to uh, contribute uh, in whatever way i can but not operationally hmm. uh, i i said you know running operations is what i have been doing for the past 30 uh, five years and now i would focus on actually uh helping others run operations helping others with uh, starting their businesses helping others with their dreams and things like that so my uh, contribution will be to enable and help others succeed second um you know it will not be in competition to infosys hmm. uh, because significant percentage of our wealth is with infosys and our 
heart and soul is still with infosys so we will not i will not compete with infosys and so it has to be a very different area third uh, you know i've always had a uh, you know mindset of um, you know learning uh, new things um, you know driving innovation uh, doing things differently etc and so i said okay my philanthropy of course because there's so much wealth also you know i can give back afford to give back so my philanthropy will be in the area of uh, research and within research i chose brain because brain is what inspired computers digital computers and i felt that by you know understanding more about the brain we can create new models of computing etc hmm. wow that was the beginning of the ai really taking off and uh, uh, you know the fourth industrial revolution and things like that you know around 2011 is when all these things uh, started uh, so i said we must you know india definitely benefited from the digital computing revolution the proof is the it services industry we must mm-hmm. also benefit from the fourth industrial revolution and we need to now start with research and create companies out of research create uh, value out of that uh, because it's philanthropy i also felt that society must also benefit so there should be another aspect of uh, research on brain which is uh, aging so i picked aging because aging is a problem that the entire world is faced with every uh, economy every country uh, will transition to become an older society where majority of the people are you know in, uh, above a certain age bracket above let's say 35 or above 50 etc yes uh, less of uh, children less of youth so uh, aging is another area i chose and uh, you know you also build models right on how this research should be done i said so i'll use two models one is to seed with experts from the best labs in the world and create a community of uh, people working on that area in india you know definitely these are new areas and seeding will accelerate creating that community and second uh, a traditional way of uh, building a new area which is uh, you know uh, setting up a new team fresh recruiting the people to head that uh, building it ground up etc as you would build a an organization so on the brain inspired computing side i set up six chairs and uh, brought in experts from outside and around those people now teams are working and on the cbr side center for brain research side you know it's a more classical way of uh, doing things but still collaborating with others in india and collaborating with other labs around the world so that's how the two streams of uh, work started the third activity is to uh, set up axel ventures where we will work with startups we will uh, invest in startups where we'll support entrepreneurs um, where uh, we will uh, uh, look at how our money can actually generate more money wealth you know so responsibility of having money is or having wealth is one put it to good use second we need to also create a sustainable model of being able to do that for very long period of time 
which means yes. wealth must generate more wealth. So that's the uh, that's the uh, for-profit side, and the first is the not-for-profit side. Typically, I spend 50-50, maybe 60 on the philanthropy side and 40% on the uh, on the uh, for-profit for side. Uh, I don't actively get involved in any of these businesses. It's about finding the right people and supporting them. Research is also same. You know, I don't get involved. I find the right people support them. Also, the, the, the bridge health uh, side of things. That is, you see, what happened was after I set up Center for Brain Research, recruitment was becoming a challenge. Uh, we need clinicians to hmm. uh, do the research in, uh, you know, healthcare and things like aging-related uh, uh, disorders, studying Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, dementia, uh, look at how people age. So you need to recruit uh, physicians, neuro, neuro, neurology specialists, etc. And we were finding it difficult to recruit because we had no uh, place for them to practice their uh, profession. Yeah. A practicing physician would want to continue to practice and research uh, was maybe 20-30% of the time. I would, wanted to create a place where research is 100% of the time and I was finding that that may not actually work. Hmm. So then I thought of creating a clinical facility so that they can uh, practice and then they can do research. Hmm. So when I started thinking about these things and I felt that, you know, let me then fully get involved in this whole thing of healthcare and thought about actually building new models of healthcare. See, everything, when I do, I wanted to do it differently. I want to, you know, bring new business models and things like that. So when I studied that, I found that, um, you know, the the whole uh, system is, um, you know, the reward system there is uh, misaligned. Hmm. You know, uh, hospitals make money when patients fall sick. Whereas the hospital's objective is to, and the patient's goal is to stay healthy. So there is a yes. misalignment of uh, goals and things like that, objectives, and said, you know, and I found that some, some companies abroad are experimenting with this model. So why not bring that model to India? And, and, and that's the genesis of uh, Bridge Health, where, and, and so in, in, you know, when I look at healthcare, there is also, other challenges, other issues I see, you know, 70% of the money spent in healthcare gets spent in the last three years of a person's life. Hmm. But you know that he's going to die because he's fallen sick and you, you end up spending a lot of money. And uh, when you've fallen sick and when you're seriously ill, there's a chance that you are not going to survive. So that's why I said 70% of the money is spent in the last three years of a person's life. Hmm. Again, that was wrong. You know, again, a, a, a mistake uh, that we are doing. It's not that I'm not saying you shouldn't spend. I'm saying, can we now spend this upfront and hmm. and and uh, make sure that people age gracefully, people uh, age well, uh, live longer, but having a better quality of life. So. Then I said primary care is extremely important and the focus should be on primary care. And in India, we don't have a good primary care system. 
you know, we we used to have family physicians and things like that. And I still remember when I was a child, you know, we always uh, had a family physician, any problem, uh, we would only go to that physician. You know, that kind of relationships, etc., had gone, disappeared in some sense. Mm-hmm. So can we bring back this concept of primary care in the private sector? Government has primary care facilities, but in the private sector, primary care facilities were not there. You know, you would actually go to a hospital, which is typically secondary or tertiary care facility, even if you just have a cold. And I felt that is a, a wrong, uh, again, a wrong model. So invested in Bridge Health, which is on the primary care side, uh, continue of, of care. So I am looking for uh, either to invest or um, you know look at uh, secondary and tertiary care, uh, and and uh, palliate on the palliative care side. I'm invested in a, a company called Sukino, which is based in HSR layout. So they look at um, uh, people who are recovering after. Um, let's say a serious illness or a surgery or something like that before you come back home. Um, uh, so in the, in the hmm. recovery phase or people who are so seriously ill, but at home, it's very difficult to take care of them. And, uh, you know, you, you, you don't want to put them in a hospital because the hospitals can do very little at that point. You want again, for the person to die uh, gracefully without seriously impacting family, etc. So invested in the palliative care thing called Sukhinam. And I'm looking for in the middle, which is the secondary and the tertiary care. Even there, I'm looking at, uh, uh, again, you know, uh, new models and things like that. Uh, we, we don't have geriatric care facilities, dedicated geriatric care facilities. Again, aging and aging related things are what interests me. In the case of bridge health also, it is about prevention uh, as the driver, key driver. So if, um, uh, you know, it's a membership-based model. So if the patient stays healthy, he is happy and we are happy because we are make, making more money. If they fall sick, they are unhappy, we are also unhappy because we lose money. Because they'll, they'll come into the clinic and uh, want to take this test, that test. All of that are included in the... Hmm. Uh, membership. Technology is going to change healthcare. Hmm. Uh, business models need to change. Otherwise, healthcare will become unaffordable. Third, um, you know, uh, our focus should shift to early part of life and living healthy, aging health, you know, gracefully and things like that. And uh, it's very clear that food, exercise, meditation, all of these, you know, our knowledge about our own health system is improving, increasing. So all of these now will uh, will be applied in healthcare. So I wanted to make sure that, uh, you know, these are vehicles to bring some of these uh, ideas into the practice and be a uh, showcase for those. Uh, rather than, you know, I'm not thinking about profit or I'm not thinking about scaling at this point, may happen in the future. But right now, it's to prove that these things indeed uh, will make a difference to healthcare. No, no, Godspeed. I'm, I'm sure they will. 
Uh, Chris, a lot of these things are are very long term. Like, I mean, even if you just look at brain research, and you yourself have talked about it so many times with me. Now, you know, with, with such a long uh, journey ahead on some of these bets, uh, what are the what is the kind of impact you want to leave behind as a legacy? Like, what 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 is your mission? So, mission is to now uh, create a sustainable organization that will manage this wealth and 50% of that effort must go into um, you know sustaining some of the things that I've started in the research area and I, I strongly um, see this in this organization continue to support research for many years to come and then on the other side you know, we need to make sure that the wealth also is sustained at least or grows. So there is a family office which has two arms. One is on the philanthropic side, which focuses on continuously supporting research. And the research will be in healthcare, research will be on brain, research will be on computing. And then investments, uh, which will which will continue to grow the wealth. Uh, so the basic formula which we are using is that if let's say 100 rupees is uh, you know the earnings in a year 50 will be put to uh, philanthropic use and 50 will be reinvested back and which means we have to find good causes which can absorb that 50 that's also not a very easy task in india i can tell you that yeah very true very true and, and any particular lessons on, on this journey since 2015, 2014, Chris, that you believe can help others who are looking at making an impact? Yeah, so, you know, the model that I've used is, uh, you know, identifying people who uh, do the work and who I will support. So, you know, it's, 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 um, it's a challenge to find the right people. It takes time. And then they have their own goals. They have their own philosophy, they have their own vision, they have their own way of doing things. And, you know, getting alignment there is very important. And I think learn lesson is that, you know, finding right people are, is not easy. Um, and you need patience, you need to uh, let others uh, gain the benefit of doing that and, you know, be in the limelight, etc. And I found, you know, there are so many areas of interest, actually, so many areas that, um, you know, you can work in, you know, so as part of, you know, aging gracefully, sustainably, etc., got interested in food, right, uh, organic food and things like that, then found uh, uh, that in agriculture also we can create new models, you know, that's the Nandi story, right, where I'm deeply involved. So there are so many areas that... Uh, are there ripe for you know new models, new uh, new ways of doing things? You know, so to me, agriculture is actually an export business. I really do not know why uh, we can't export our produce. I don't know why we can't create world class produce out of India. Uh, I don't know why uh, we shouldn't be building brands in agriculture. Uh, you know. Uh, I don't know why we should blend stuff rather than 
um, you know, look at uh, uh, single estate and things like that, which is which will bring higher value and and traceability. You know, modern technology allows you to do these things. So, if we bring all those things, suddenly, you know, agriculture is extremely lucrative and entrepreneurial. So, yeah. you know, another path we are taking is about you know whole investments in agriculture and things. So, these are all interesting. Uh, opportunities. You know, wherever I look, I see opportunities only. So, so how, how do you decide what not to do, Chris? With, with so much of opportunity and your ability to, to make an impact, right? There must be things that you say, okay, I will not do this. It's about not getting operationally involved. See, uh, and, and uh, operationally involved means then uh, you are full-time drawn into it and you get into uh, problem solving and things like that on a daily basis. Uh, because businesses will have challenges uh, and finding good people to uh, run operations. Uh, that's how uh, I'm multitasking right now. Yes, uh, it is a challenge, um, but you define areas and you work in those areas. That's it. You don't try to do many things. Uh, so the third aspect is in order to have an impact, you know, you need to work with the government. You need to work with uh, uh, organizations that work with government. So that's my role in CII. See, you leverage platforms that are available to you. Because I've been uh, a past president, I'm a past president of CII, there is some uh, influence that you can uh, have. Uh, and so in the area of startups, I'm working with CII. And then the government, you know, has uh, looked at the work that I've done in innovation and things like that. It's, you know, requesting me to do certain things there. So I work on uh, those projects also. So actually, right now, there's too much on my plate, but I try then to figure out how to allocate that work to others. Etc. Final uh, question, Chris. How do you learn new things? I, this is something else I've noticed with you over the years, right? You, you, either it is an app or a device or, or a completely new area. What is that learning engine? What what are, what is the playbook there? What do you do? So you know, curiosity first of all. Uh, I actually love to uh, read a lot. Spend at least one hour every day reading, uh, and playing with technology, right? Uh, uh, so it starts with uh, curiosity and wanting to do things differently and better. Always, I'm always looking for. Uh, new tools, new technologies, new interesting stuff and play with them, etc. Uh, so that's a continuous thing. And, and I feel that if you are not reading, learning, changing the things that you do, do things differently, you are not, uh, you are not progressing and life becomes boring. So I find that... Uh, Keeps me uh, also on my toes, busy, etc. So, this was good, Chris. I mean, this was great fun, and thanks for having this conversation. And Godspeed with everything that you are doing. Thank you. Thank you, Pangas.